Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today we're going to be discussing the topic, Even You. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope everyone has enjoyed the last couple guest shows that we've had on Cast the Word. If you missed these episodes, go back and check them out. Last week, we spoke with a fellow Christian podcaster, and the week before that, we had a great conversation about growing the kingdom of God with a couple pastors from Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm hoping to bring you guys some more of these collaborations in the near future as we continue to network with fellow Christians across the country. So be on the lookout for those. We'll also be planning a live stream episode soon. We've already done one of those a couple episodes back. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, it's it's published as an episode. You can go back and check it out. If you want to tune in to one of these live streams live, then download the Podbean app, follow Cast the Word, and make sure your notifications are turned on. That way, when we go live, you'll be notified and you can tune in and listen to it live if you want to do that. If you want to be better prepared for these type of episodes in the future, then you can visit our website, casttheword.com, scroll down to the bottom and enroll in our email newsletter. That way, when we promote future campaigns for our ministry, uh, you can receive an email notifying you of things like that that are coming up. So it's important if you want to be engaged that you subscribe there. And guys, I'm really excited about today's episode and I pray that it brings you some sort of encouragement as it has brought me preparing for the episode. Today we're going to be discussing Peter and the parallels that Peter's testimony shows us of the character of ourselves as depraved humans in need of a Savior and the amazing grace that's offered to us by the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. Many of us are likely familiar with with Peter's story, especially during the time of Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. Peter, being one of the inner three disciples who happened to be very close with Jesus, along with James and John, was prophesied over during the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples before his prayer in Gethsemane and before his arrest later on that night. We read in Matthew 26, 31-34, Jesus proclaimed to Peter about his upcoming denial of Christ. Along the way, Jesus said to them, Before the night is over, you will all desert me. This will fulfill the prophecy of the scripture that says, I will strike down the shepherd, and all the sheep will scatter far and wide. But after I am risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and will meet you there. Then Peter spoke up and said, Even if all the rest lose their faith and fall away, I will still be beside you, Jesus. And Jesus replied and said, Are you sure, Peter? In fact, before the rooster crows a few hours from now, you will have denied me three times. Now we go on through that story. Fast forward later on that night, we read about Peter's denial come true. And we're all familiar with this. Peter denied Jesus three times. And after Jesus' arrest, we read about this denial in Matthew 26, Mark 14, Luke 22, and John chapter 18. Matthew doesn't account for the specifics of that transaction, but we read in Mark, Luke, and John that someone had built a fire. So Peter inched closer and sat down among them to stay warm. And I want to highlight the fire because we're going to come back to that a little bit later. But we read throughout these chapters, and Matthew accounts for that as well. But when I say Matthew didn't have the specifics, I was referring to the fire. But Mark, Luke, and John have that as well. But all four Gospels outline Peter's denial. And after Peter denied being associated with Christ three times, he immediately heard the rooster crow. And Luke 22 describes that after the rooster crowed, Jesus turned and locked eyes with Peter. How powerful that must have been. Peter obviously instantly remembered what Jesus had told him at the Last Supper. 
and he left the courtyard and he wept bitterly because of this. Peter, being one of the closest disciples of Jesus during the supper, told Christ, the rest will flee, but I won't. Yet when the time came for Peter to stand strong for Christ out of fear, he buckled under the pressure. And the fact of the matter is that without the Holy Spirit emboldening us, we too would do the same. Within us, we all have that boldness to want to say that we will stand strong when everyone else flees. But we must take Peter into consideration here. The reason for that is because Peter walked closely with Jesus during his earthly ministry. He saw the miracles. He saw the resurrections. And he was present on the mountain during Jesus' majestic transfiguration. He was present to see that. Peter was even the first to declare that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah, who was prophesied about by the prophets in the Old Testament. Yet he still denied Christ. The question is that in some form or fashion, we can all likely relate to Peter in this very moment. Whether it be a stand for Christ on the job, a stand for Christ amongst our friends or family, or even in the actions of our daily life, the question is, are we standing for Christ or are we denying him in our actions as well? Maybe our denial here is more of a passive role by not standing firm in our faith, by not holding the truth of God dear in our hearts, by negotiating with the world and with the devil in an effort to satisfy the sinful desires of our flesh. Our denial doesn't have to be an outright declaration that we deny Christ. In fact, we can deny Christ in so many different ways. And as I said, our denial can be passive or covert. If Peter, the one who walked closely with Christ and saw these miracles, the transfiguration, and the power of the Son of Man can succumb to such an action, then we must consider this for ourselves as a lesson of humility, to not think too highly of ourselves and wonder how Peter could do this even after knowing it was prophesied about him and after such a bold statement where he said, Though the others may flee, Lord, I'll be the one left standing. If Peter had a moment of weakness, we better believe that we too are capable of succumbing to such a moment of denial. I love this story of Peter not because of the moment of the denial of Christ, but because of the picture it paints of Peter. It just highlights the fact that Peter was a man, just like you and me. He had weaknesses, he made mistakes, and he had moments of failure, yet despite these moments, God still used him. Friends, I want to stop here for just a moment and offer a word of encouragement. Whether you have blatantly denied Christ as actively as this particular moment of Peter, or whether you just simply haven't been living as boldly and as committed to Christ as you know you should be, there is always an opportunity for redemption. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him. He told him at the Last Supper, when the rooster crowed, Jesus locked eyes with Peter as if to say, see, I told you so. This acknowledgement, I don't believe, was a moment of scorn by Jesus to Peter. Instead, I believe it was a look of sorrow, and obviously it was a moment of sorrow for Peter as well, because we read that he wept bitterly. Peter wept because he knew he messed up, and he remembered the words that Jesus said to him, earlier that night. Jesus wants us all to stand firm for him, for his word, and for the kingdom. The fact is that Jesus stood when everyone else ran. He died alone, except for John, who was there potentially as a comfort to Mary. The disciples who ran with Jesus, who watched him perform miracles, who heard his parables and his teachings, they all fled and left Jesus to die alone. How often have we too ran when Jesus stood. Jesus is calling all of us to stand firm in this late hour, to not give up, to not hesitate, to proclaim the word of God and to stand with him every day of our lives. If God is with you, then you're already in the majority. Nothing can tear you down. 
Amen. I also love this story because of the moment of redemption offered to Peter through the grace, love, and mercy that Jesus also bestows to each and every one of us. In Mark 16, we read about Jesus' resurrection. The two Marys are headed to Jesus' tomb when they notice that the stone has been rolled away. They enter the tomb to discover an angel who talks to them and describes the fact that Jesus is no longer dead. He is alive and he has been resurrected. The angel then instructs them to tell the news of his resurrection in Mark 16 verse 7. The angel says, run and tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is risen. He has gone ahead of you into Galilee and you will see him there, just like he told you. In this verse, I love the fact that Peter is specifically called out by name. Any of the other disciples could have been mentioned here, but they're not. Or the angel could have just said, go and tell the disciples, but it doesn't stop there. Instead, it reads, tell his disciples, even Peter, that he is risen. And this is so significant to me because it paints the picture of God's mercy towards us. God knew that Peter was likely torn up from his denial and betrayal of Christ on the night of his arrest. Yet Peter was shown mercy, and he was called out to show that despite Peter's denial, despite Peter's moment of betrayal, go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is alive. Don't leave Peter out. Specifically reach out to him. Specifically call him out. Go to him, even Peter, including Peter. And that to me shows God's compassion for our sorrows. He is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. When our hearts hurt, his heart hurts. And even though Jesus was denied by Peter, Jesus showed compassion to him. He understood Peter's moment of fear or anxiety and wanted Peter to be called out by name. Why? Because he knew that he was probably giving himself a hard time for what he did. Jesus knows what we've done. Nothing is a secret. Everything is naked before him. He knows our high points and he knows our low points. He knows the things we've done that have made him proud and the things we've done that we're likely probably embarrassed of. Yet he calls out to even you even me, and says to run into his arms, for his burden is light, to cast all our anxieties upon him, because he cares for you. Yes, even you. He cares for you so much that he was willing to stand up when everyone else ran. He was willing to die a death that we should have died in order for us to spend eternity with him. He was willing to shed his blood so that we can enter into the new covenant, we can seek forgiveness for our sins, acknowledge his lordship, and believe on him to enter into the gates. This is amazing grace. Understanding that we deserve eternity in hell for our sins because our sins separate us from a holy God. Yet this isn't the final picture Christ wants us to see. He wants you, yes, even you, to spend eternity with him. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter if you denied Christ three times or a million times. What matters is from this moment going forward, what will you do? Will you continue denying Christ until the day you die? Or will you accept the fact that Jesus is telling you today that he is alive and to run and tell the world, even you? We continue to see Jesus' work of redemption in Peter outlined in John chapter 21. In John 21, we see the resurrected Jesus and Peter sitting by a charcoal fire. Now remember I told you earlier to remember the fire when Peter denied Christ. And this highlighting this is so interesting to me because Peter sat by the fire when he denied Christ three times, and here he is sitting by a fire again at the moment Jesus is about to restore Peter. Now I understand that it's not likely some huge you know, mystery or biblical code that's revealed here that 
Folks happen to be sitting by a fire because understandably that was a quite common occurrence back then. I understand that, but I do find significance that the Bible outlines this because to me, it symbolizes a complete picture of restoration, a complete circle completed. He sat by a fire when he denied Christ, and here he is sitting next to the resurrected Jesus about to have this conversation by a fire. In John 21, Jesus asked Peter three times if he loves him. We read this in verses 15 through 17, and I'll read it to you. After they had breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me more than these? Peter answered, yes, Lord. You know that I have a great affection for you. Jesus said, then take care of my lambs. Jesus repeated his question a second time. Simon, son of John, do you burn with love for me? Peter answered, yes, my Lord. You know that I have great affection for you. Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. Then Jesus asked him a third time, Peter, son of John, do you have great affection for me? Peter was saddened by this, being asked the third time and said, my Lord, you know everything. You know that I burn with love for you. Jesus replied, then feed my lambs. Notice the first two times he referred to Peter as Simon, and then the third time he calls him by his name. Why does Jesus ask Peter this question three different times? Because the Bible here, I believe, is tying together the betrayal that happened by the fire and the redemption that happened by the fire, asking him if he loves him three times, mirroring Peter's three-time denial when Jesus was arrested. No matter how many times we deny Christ, there is still love and mercy that he shows us. Even though we don't deserve it, Jesus is there asking, do we love him? A one-to-one ratio comparing to the amount of times we may have denied him. What is your answer to this question? Do you love Christ? Are you living for Christ? You may respond to this by saying, yes, I believe Jesus is Lord. But that declaration can't be the depth of our fountain for, for God. That can't be how deep it goes. We must go deeper. It's not enough to believe in him. The real question is, are you living for him? Remember, even the demons believe and they tremble. Some of us don't even tremble before the Lord anymore. We must decide today to answer the Lord with boldness, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, by saying, yes, Lord, we love you. Yes, Lord, we'll stand for you. Yes, Lord, we will proclaim your word and the kingdom of God in our networks and in our social circles. Now is not a time to deny Christ. The world needs Jesus now more than ever. What will you do with your voice? Will you deny Christ or will you stand by his side proclaiming the word of God in truth and in love? The choice is up to you. Jesus restored Peter here. Sitting by a fire, he asked him three times, Do you love me? And three times Peter said yes. There is a purpose, there is a role, and there is a desire God has for you in your life. Yes, even you. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Jesus can forgive that, throw your sins away, throw them in the sea of forgetfulness, and wipe it right out of existence at this very moment. And you can live this day going forward as a new creature created by the work Jesus accomplished on the cross. You can live this day going forward deciding once and for all that you are loved by God and that you love God. Even though you may have messed up, even though you may have missed the mark, God can still save you, God still loves you, and God can still use you for His glory to grow the kingdom of God. Are you going to let Him? That's the question. Are you going to have that fireside chat with Christ? This fireside chat, the prayer, will birth in you a desire to never let the fire on your altar go out, to stoke the flames of passion for the Lord, and to go out into the world and try to win souls for the kingdom.
Amen. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. I love this story. I love Peter because I can resonate so closely with that story. Just the redemption, just the 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 depravity of, of ourselves and knowing that I've made mistakes and I've I've denied Christ in my actions and in my deeds before. And God's still there saying, Do you love me? I'm ready to use you. I'm ready to forgive you. I'm ready to anoint you to go out into the world and to tell everyone, even you that Jesus is Lord, Jesus is risen. He's no longer in the tomb, guys. He's seated in heaven next to the Father on the throne, and He's waiting on us to rise up and worship Him and serve Him and live our lives for Him. Amen? I hope you've heard the compassion of Jesus today and and the compassion He has for you, better said, that despite your mistakes, He is still in the redemption and the restoration business. Peter went on to help birth the church of Jesus in the world. And God can use your past as a testimony of hope for others' future. God wants you to make a commitment today, not tomorrow, not on your deathbed, but right this very moment. He's waiting on you, and I pray that if you're listening to this and you do not know the Lord, that you will make the decision today to make the best decision you can make in your entire life. To decide that you believe in Jesus, you believe in the work of the cross, and that by the shedding of His blood, your sins can be forgiven. Acknowledge your sins before God, guys, and ask Him to make you whiter than snow, and He will. And decide that from this day going forward, you're going to live your life for Him, and that you will love Him, and that you will worship Him in all that you do. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I look forward to talking to you soon, and as always, stay strong in the faith.